Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Transcribed. Waiting for their entrance cue are stars Ronald Coleman, Audrey Totter, Vincent Price, Barbara Britton, and Art Linkletter in Champagne for Caesar. A full hour of laughs on the Screen Guild players. Stay tuned. In the field of entertainment, the castle of success is difficult to enter. First, you must cross the moat of ability and experience, then crash through the Golden Gate marked opportunity. That's where ABC's great Thursday night program, Ted Mack and the original Amateur Hour, comes to the rescue. Each week, over 300 applicants are screened. For these, the Golden Gate of Opportunity swings wide when Ted Mack and the original Amateur Hour gives them a chance to be heard by all. There's entertainment tonight on Ted Mack and the original Amateur Hour over your ABC station. Listen to Hollywood's greatest stars in Hollywood's greatest motion pictures on the air. The American Broadcasting Company brings you the Screen Guild Players. Tonight, it's Ronald Coleman, Audrey Totter, Vincent Price, Barbara Britton, and Art Linkletter in a gay and bubbly bit of nonsense, Harry M. Popkins' hilarious comedy, Champagne for Caesar. You know, show business has always liked to kid show business. Movies kidding radio, radio kidding movies, and both of them sometimes kidding television. Tonight, we've got a combination of all three, and believe me, they add up to a lot of fun. Just for laughs, the Screen Guild players bring you another radio premiere, Champagne for Caesar, starring Ronald Coleman, Barbara Britton, Art Linkletter, Audrey Totter, and Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just met Caesar the Parrot, a sort of feathered candidate for Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes, Caesar really loves his champagne, but he isn't getting much of it these days. You see, he's living with Beauregard Bottomley, who found him leaning against a lamppost one night. And Beauregard is a man of the mind, saturated with knowledge, a very brilliant man. 
very unemployed. He can afford only such simple pleasures as an evening walk with his sister Gwen. And that's precisely where we find them now, walking along a neighborhood street until a crowd on the sidewalk blocks their way. So many people, Beauregard. I wonder what's happening. Nothing's happening, Gwen. It's the herd instinct, typical of all primitive mentalities. Oh, it's a television show in that radio shop. They're looking at the television. <laughs> I revise my previous estimate. This indicates no mentality at all. Hi! 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 coast-to-coast quest for dough now televised locally and brought to you by Milady, the soap that sanctifies. Nauseating. Nauseating my eye. That happy Hogan's a dreamboat. And here he is now, that joyful, jolly, jestful, jiving joker, that mad, merry, mirthy mincer of magpies. Whatever that means. That querulous, quizzical quintessence of query, happy Hogan himself. <laughs> Gentlemen, tonight we're going to break it down, kick it around, and throw money all over it. Uh, look, Gwen, shall we bid a bon voyage to this dreamboat and quietly steal away? Oh, it's one of those quiz programs, Beauregard. Let's watch it for a while. It might be fun. Yeah, it's exciting. The contestants come out dressed like anything they want to be, and then he asks them questions. For the one or two people who are not familiar with our show, let it be known that Masquerade for Money pays $5 for the first question, 10 for the second, and so on, up to the sixth question which pays the lovely loot of 160 clinkers. If the contestant wishes to stop at any time and pocket the money, he may do so. And here's your first contestant, Happy. Bring her on. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And who are you? I am Cleopatra. Oh, let's not make an ass out of ourselves. <laughs> Did you get that, did you? Oh, that guy kills me. Not a bad idea. What's your name in real life, Cleo? Where are you from? My name is Lona Kransky, and I'm from Brooklyn. Well, I, I fail to see why the location of birth should be met with applause. But she comes from Brooklyn. Oh, well. Oh, pipe down, will you? Shh. Now, tell me, Cleo, are there any little ones running around at home? Only one. My husband. <laughs> All right, here comes the first question, Cleo. Down what river did you float on your barge? Gee, that's a tough one. Uh, the Nile. That's correct. Absolutely correct. You are now the possessor of five drachmas. Drachma, that's a one-dollar bill with a picture of a mummy on it. <laughs> Nothing. Well, all right, second question. Mark my words, this will be a tough one. What Roman general was that way about you, Cleo? Christopher Columbus. It not only could be, but it is. And incidentally, it was not very nice of you, Cleo, because of the time Mark Anthony was engaged to a Roman girl by the name of Vanilla Flavia. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. I think he's cute. Gwen, how can you stand this drivel? It's unintelligible, unfunny, and undermining the tastes of the public. Look, I thought I told you to pipe down. Oh, but I can't let this go on without a word of warning. This man is the forerunner of intellectual destruction in America. If the knowledge that two and two make four is greeted with deafening applause and prizes, 
Then two and two making four will become the top level of learning. Say, you think you know a lot, don't you? I not only know a lot, my dear fellow, I know everything. Good night. Mr. Bottomley, the employment agency sent you to us? Uh, yes, they did. Oh. May I ask why you wish to work for Milady's Soap? Well, for one thing, the agency sent me over. And for another, I have no alternative. I need a job. Oh, oh very well. Come along. Uh, I must explain, Mr. Bottomley. This whole idea originated with our top executive, Mr. Burnbridge Waters. It's all very hush-hush. And we refer to it simply as Operation Lather. The salary will be $40 a week. Satisfactory, though not conducive to luxury living. Uh, this way, please. In here. Yes? Operation Lather. Go right in, please. Mr. Waters is waiting. Roger. Uh, Mr. Waters, my name is Bottomley. I, uh, that is, the people at the employment agency... I'm sorry you have to wait. Mr. Waters is not with us. Well, but isn't that Mr. Waters at the desk? Oh, yes, but he's concentrating. He's on a higher plane. We must wait till he returns. <laughs> well, uh, am I to understand he can't see us or hear us? That's correct, but it won't take long. He'll be back. Ah, there. His eyes moved. He, he's coming back now. Uh, uh, uh Mr. Waters... Well, sit down. My time is extremely valuable. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Waters, uh, this is Mr. Bottomley. He, uh, uh hopes to join Milady's family. Uh, here is his application, sir. Uh, PhD, physicist extraordinary, master's degree at the age of 13, author of neutrons and croutons. <laughs> Mr. Bottomley, all this means one thing to me. You are a dreamer and I am a doer. Do we have that straight? Uh, quite. I have an idea, and I want to know what the average man thinks about it. When we find out what he thinks, we'll change his thinking. Change his thinking. Magnificent. What I'm about to tell you is very top secret. It ranks with the discovery of electricity and the invention of the wheel. Yes? I am thinking of putting on the market an all-purpose cake of soap that will also be used to clean teeth. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a sort of a foam-at-the-mouth approach. <laughs> Mr. Bottomley, you would have started tomorrow. <laughs> that would have been fine, sir, but aren't you using a rather strange tense would have? No, sir, I am not. I cannot stand humor, and you are humorous. Well, it was only a pleasantry designed... Jeffers, to... why is he interrupting me? I didn't indicate that I had finished talking, did I? No, sir, I saw no sign of it, sir. Oh, I beg your pardon. Mr. Bottomley, you are the intellectual type, and I despise the intellectual type. You are an improvident grasshopper, and I am an industrious squirrel, and nothing personal. Well, just a moment. What I have to say is quite personal. If you are a squirrel, you're a very nutty one. <laughs> you're also an unmitigated pompous ass, and furthermore... Uh, it's I... uh, no use, Mr. Bottomley. He is no longer on this plane. He cannot hear you. Oh, he can't, eh? Well, then he is, if I may say so, and I would like to see someone stop me. An expensive moron. Shall we steal away now? <laughs> Do I genuflect upon leaving or just face Mecca? <laughs> <laughs> this way, please. Report on Operation Lather, sir. Mission completed. Oh, if Mr. Waters returns, I'll be in my office. Roger. Um, excuse me, miss, but would you mind telling me... Oh, hello. If... Here's your autographed picture of Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan? Every visitor must take one, company rule. He's cute. Don't you think Burnbridge Waters discovered him? 
The greatest discovery since the wheel. Mm -hmm. Did you get the job? May I congratulate you? No, I didn't get the job, but... But congratulations may be in order. Really? For what? I believe I have the greatest idea since the discovery of Happy Hogan. All right, here we go with our masquerade for money, and here's our first contestant. Good evening. Well, this is a new one on me. What are you supposed to be, sir? I am the encyclopedia. Well, why the monocle? Uh, Britannica. Oh, <laughs> I guess and that means we can ask you anything about anything, and if we can ask you anything about anything, I guess we will ask you anything about anything. Well, I'm sure if you make up the questions, that'll be a very limited field. <laughs> Mother told me there'd be nights like this. You know, after all, I'm supposed to make the jokes around here? Well, why don't you? Oh. <laughs> uh, may I uh, ask your name? You may. Well, then, what is your name? Beauregard Bottomley. <laughs> would you mind repeating that? <laughs> I would mind, very much. Oh, very well. Beauregard Bottomley it is. And here we go for the first question. What is the name of the first animal described in the Encyclopedia Britannica? That is the aardvark, spelled double-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. The aardvark is an anteater. That is absolutely correct, and you are the proud possessor of five dollars. By the way, you say the aardvark is an anteater. <laughs> is he also an uncle eater? <laughs> uh, yes, as a matter of fact, the aardvark is an uncle eater. But he only eats the uncles of the ants. <laughs> All right, here's your second question. And from here in, Mr. Bottomley, I suggest we confine ourselves to just questions and answers, since we have a limited time on the air. That is absolutely correct, Mr. Bottomley. Bottomley, Bottomley, I know that man. He's a disappointed office seeker, an assassin. I tell you, he's a saboteur from life, boy. <laughs> you better watch the show, Mr. Waters. He just answered his sixth question. Well, you certainly did all right for yourself, Mr. Bottomley. And here is your $160 in good old folding money. Well, uh, don't you want it? Why don't you ask me another question? Don't be nervous. Well, I mean the show. It's our policy that... Uh, Come on, ask <laughs> all, all right, all right. Never let it be said that the lady didn't always treat the customer right. So here we go. For $320, what is the Japanese word for goodbye? Sayonara. Uh, not to be confused with cyanide, which is, of course, goodbye in any language. <laughs> that is right. I mean, that is absolutely correct. And for the first time in the history of our show, a contestant has nicked us for $320. Congratulations, Mr. Bottomley, and here is your money. No, thank you. Now, wait a minute. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, our time is running. No more time. No more questions. Well, that's all right. I'll come back next week when you have more time. Huh? Sure. Yeah. Well, come back next week. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Your encouragement is an inspiration. I'll be back next week if they allow me on the program. <laughs> Now, look, Mr. Waters, about this bottom... Uh, right? Perhaps you'd better wait, Mr. Hogan. I believe Mr. Waters is on a higher plane. Oh, I'm on cloud 11 again. Hey, 
You think a hot foot would bring him back? Oh, please. Oh, what's the difference? He can't hear us. Shh. I believe he's coming back now. It's the greatest idea since The Walking Man. I'm glad I thought of it. Uh, Mr. Waters... <laughs> this bottomly now. We'll stretch him out for five or six weeks by asking him only one question a week. We'll pull out all stops on publicity, build up our audience and our Hooper rating, generate a terrific sales campaign, and then knock him off. If you ask me, I think we ought to pay him off right now. No one asked you, Mr. Hogan. You are paid to entertain, not to think. <laughs> Pardon me, but I'll hate myself for this in the morning. Mr. Waters, I want to make a point. This is a dangerous precedent you're setting. It weakens the size of our top price, $160. And not only that, but... Mr. Waters, it's no use, Mr. Hogan. He's gone again. Only two weeks and it's paying off. Our hoop rating is a five point. Four weeks and our sales have almost doubled. Six weeks. I think the time has come. Beauregard, I don't understand you at all. There you are, sitting calmly and reading a book. And tonight you're answering a question for $40,000 or nothing. Please take it if you win tonight. Please take it, Beauregard. I will not. But don't you realize what we can do with $40,000? Well, we can do twice as much with $80,000, four times as much with $160,000, eight oh, times as much with $300,000. I give up. I just give up. Six. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm proud of you. These questions aren't just hard, they're mean. <laughs> Tonight we will destroy hold it. Hold it, here comes Bottomley now. Good evening, gentlemen. Well, if it isn't the brain. <laughs> Brought your other sister with you tonight, eh? That's silly, I'm the only sister he has. Don't you remember me, Mr. Hogan? We met that first night, the first time Beauregard was on the program. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even recognize you. Well, that's understandable. She spent the afternoon at the beauty parlor. Uh, Bottomley, I don't think you've met our sponsor, Mr. Waters. This is Beauregard Bottomley. Oh, yes, I've met Mr. Waters in a well-upholstered torture chamber where he practices witchcraft over a bar of soap. <laughs> Mr. Hogan. Uh, oh, i got to go warm up the audience. Excuse me. Mr. Bottomley, when this is all over, I shall be very happy to interview you again for the same job with the same result, of course. Uh, my dear Mr. Waters... I must confess that in the last few weeks I've had a pang or two about nicking you for all this uh, loot. Uh, now I must thank you for appearing on the scene. Your presence gives me the ruthlessness to go on. Mr. Bottomley, <laughs> it is I who should thank you. Through you, we have A, increased our Hooper rating, B, received a lot of publicity, and C, more than doubled our sales. E, D, I couldn't hear better news. E, I hope the sales will increase even more... And F, it would frighten you if you knew why I felt this way. Uh, now, excuse me, please. I believe I'm on. And now we come to that portion of Masquerade for Money, which is reserved exclusively for Beauregard Bottomley. <laughs> Will he be right? Will he be right or will he be wrong? All the world wonders. For tonight, he is shooting for $49,960 or nothing. Well, 
How's our grown-up quiz kid tonight? Feeling a little nervous, Mr. Bottomley? Well, why should I be nervous? After all, it's your money. You people are losing it. I'm only winning it. <laughs> Aren't you a little nervous? <laughs> I've seen the next question. You'll be sorry. So why don't you stop all this nonsense and ask me the question? All right, all right. You, Mr. Bottomley, have only to name the second emperor of the Ming Dynasty. That's all. <laughs> of course, it was... Chu Yun-wen, he was dethroned by his uncle, who became the third emperor. Strangely That's enough, enough. The third that emperor you win, you win. My dear, you have your pencil and notebook. You are prepared to take down everything I say. Oh, yes, Mr. Waters. Well, then let us proceed. Gentlemen, there's no denying the fact we have a Frankenstein on our hands. A very well-informed Frankenstein. He must be stopped. That is absolutely correct, B.W. Now, the question Don't is... use that word, question. <laughs> Gentlemen, our course is clear. We have had our $40,000 worth of value from this man. I will pay him off, and that will be the end of it. That's what you think. Mark my words and bruise my body. Beauregard Bottomley will be back next week shooting for 80000 bucks. 80000 bucks and 160000 the next week, and then... Oh, you jughead! Thank you, thank you, and good evening, Burn Bridgewaters. See you around, kids. Sit down! Hogan, you're in this right up to your options. You hadn't let him continue on the show... I let him continue. You were so crazy about it, you had three trances and a vision and came out of it shrieking with happy laughter. I reversed my decision. Well, I had no decision to reverse. You think I enjoy being Joe Schmo from Kokomo every week, having this joker top me with his insults? I don't like it any more than you do. What do you expect me to do, go out and shoot him? No, we mustn't start thinking like that. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, there is only one way. We must bore from within. Now, what do we know about Beauregard Bottomley? Where is he vulnerable? Nowhere. That's just the trouble, Chief. And believe me, we've investigated thoroughly. No weaknesses, no woman, no nothing. No hits, no runs, no errors. <laughs> he lives in a bungalow court with his sister. She teaches piano. And that's about all we could... Be piano, wait a minute. That gives me something. Hogan, you mean that you have got an idea? I think so, boss. Um, want to treat me to a few piano lessons? You mean, uh, reach bottomly through his sister and then... Oh! <gasps> of course, of course, go right ahead! <laughs> Yes? Mr. Hogan. I'm working my way through grammar school, ma'am, and I wonder if you'd buy my book. It's called How to Be Happy, Though Hogan. <laughs> May I come in? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Hogan. My brother isn't here. Best news I've had today. I came to see you. Me? May I ask why? Well, I understand you teach piano. I've always wanted to learn how to play. Caesar. <laughs> Does he play, too? <laughs> then there's hope for me. Now, how do we go about this thing? Well, in the beginning, two lessons a week are usually sufficient. Not for me. I want two a day. I want to make rapid advances, and I want to start right now. <laughs> Mr. Hogan, there's such a thing as going too fast, even for you. Oh, I'll slow down going around the octaves. Shall we begin? <laughs> Stop the music! Stop the music! Ah! 
That's sacrilege. Let's get voted. Let's get voted. Hey, that's brilliant. <laughs> Miss Bottomley, I happen to know the nicest little bar. I thought you came here to learn piano. <laughs> Miss Bottomley, I'll tell you how it is. I've had you on my mind since the minute we met. Would you believe me if I told you I'm crazy about you? I certainly would not. Then I won't tell you. I'd rather show you. Mr. Hogan, please, I... Please, you, you, you mustn't... You can't... Mr. Hogan! <laughs> How about that little bar I mentioned? Oh, well, no, but I do think I need a little air. Oh, fine. We'll go for a ride. I have my car just outside. And... First, perhaps we'd better talk. Mr. Hogan, let's be frank with each other. I know you're playing up to me in order to get information about my brother. In other words, I'm a heel, huh? Not in other words. Same words. But you're going for a drive. You let me kiss you. Because I like you very much. You like me, even though you think I'm a heel. Yes. Isn't it awful? It sure is, but I love it. <laughs> Why don't we change our plans a bit? What do you suggest? Well, with talking, I can get anywhere. Let's have some more kissing, and then we can talk. my boy, welcome. I understand you had a most successful night. I sure did, Mr. Waters. I knew you would do it. I am seldom grateful to anybody, but I certainly have to hand it to you. Put it there, happy boy. Put it there. <laughs> Burnbridge, it is I who should shake your hand. It was your idea, and it turned out great. Uh, it's true that my ideas are great. I cannot deny that. But there is also greatness in carrying greatness to its greatest. <laughs> uh, what's the score, happy boy? Well, in the first place, Beauregard Bottomley has no weakness. His personal behavior is above reproach. There are no vices. There's no woman. You know why? He wants a woman who's both brilliant and beautiful. What are you telling me, boy? Why did I congratulate you? Why did you let me shake your hand? <laughs> did he agree to stop? Well, his sister wants him to stop. Great, great. The old Hogan touch. You convinced him. I didn't have to. She's felt this way all along. However... She doesn't have the slightest influence on her brother. Uh, then you've messed up my great idea, you knuckle knob. What are you so happy about? I fell in love with Gwen Bottomley. In love? How dare you fall in love on my time? This is dishonest, treacherous, and un-American. <laughs> get out of here. Wouldn't you like to know what Beauregard's up to? Don't get out of here. Stay here and sit down. Thanks. Oh, miss? Yes? Stand by with pills. I didn't say I needed my pills. Not now you don't. You will in a minute. You know what Beauregard Bottomley's after? Your blood. My blood. About $40 million worth. Uh, He's after every nickel and dime, every oh, no. building and factory, every oh, no. bar and flake of soap, every stick of furniture, oh, everything that belongs to my lady soap oh, company. Please. Oh, my. Oh. Mr. Waters, your pills. Oh, the blue ones, quick. No, the pink ones. No, the purple ones, or the green, or the lavender. Oh, don't stand there fumbling, I'll take them all! The frequency of a bat's shriek is somewhere around 20,000 cycles a second. That is absolutely correct. Hey! The molar of an Asiatic elephant has 24 plates. That is absolutely correct. The upper Cretaceous deposits in the Elbrus mountain region of Persia consist of limestone, locally hippiritic, and fossiliferous marls, often bituminous. That is absolutely correct. Hooray! 
dad told me he was in the plant, Mr. Waters. I didn't dare have him thrown out. You were quite right, my dear. There he is, over by that soap vat. Yes, leave this to me. I'll handle it. Mr. Bottomley? Oh, hello, Waters. Just looking through the plant, you know, against the time when I shall take over. Mr. Bottomley, I have the greatest idea since the invention of fire. I will clean the world physically and you will bathe it mentally. It's as if Caesar had joined forces with Alexander the Great. Yes, they were 300 years apart. Never mind. I am prepared to offer you... You are prepared to offer me nothing. Frankly, Burnbridge, you are living on borrowed soap flakes. <laughs> you know something, Beauregard? I like you. Naturally. Hmm. I like you because you're an honest man, and because I like you, I must warn you. You are headed for trouble, Beauregard. You are about to link arms with misery. But aren't you going to ask me why? No. And then I will tell you why. <laughs> Beauregard, it's monstrous to have money. It's withering to be wealthy. It's disastrous to be loaded. Disastrous? Yes. Do you know what I have to show for my life's work? Tell me. Pills. Green pills. Blue pills to be taken after yellow pills. Purple pills to be taken before orange pills. Nerves and ulcers, nerves that dangle, ulcers that shriek. Ah! And money doesn't buy a new stomach. Right. It cannot make you sleep at night. Right. Oh, you were so brilliant. Taxes, stocks, bonds. Payrolls, upkeep, bills. Oh, Beauregard, don't let it happen to you. I don't want to see it happen to you. How can I ever thank you, Burnbridge? Don't thank me, Beauregard. Just stay as you are. Walk out of here into the sunshine of a carefree world, wise in the knowledge that I have bestowed upon you. For it is my sincere conviction that the only way to be happy is to be poor. My dear Burnbridge, I see your point. I am about to make you the happiest man in the world. <laughs> Get out of here, you thief. Get out this minute. Yes, and, and when I take over two weeks from now, let's do it quietly, shall we? No reception, please, and clean up the plant, won't you? Good day. I tried to be nice to you, but you wouldn't have it. Well, I'm warning you, Bottomley, this is war. This is war! <laughs> We will return with the second act of Champagne for Caesar in a few moments. When an object is completely in the dark, we can't see it at all. Place one light upon it, and it appears flat and distorted. Throw another beam upon it from a different angle, and it begins to assume its true three-dimensional shape. And that's the way it is with the day's news, too. The more viewpoints we can get, the more apt we are to reach the true picture. So for a fuller, three-dimensional understanding of the news, hear Robert Montgomery speaking on your ABC station tonight. We continue transcribed.
Now, the American Broadcasting Company presents the Screen Guild players in Act Two of Harry M. Popkin's Laugh Riot, Champagne for Caesar, starring Ronald Coleman, Vincent Price, Art Linkletter, Audrey Totter, and Barbara Britton. And now it's war. War, do you understand? Open and declared, grim and ruthless, the war against Beauregard Bottomley. In his headquarters at Milady's Soap Burnbridge Waters, Command-in-Chief of the Milady's Forces calls his general staff together for a vital announcement. Hello, warriors. I am proud to announce that I have found a secret weapon that will at last destroy Beauregard Bottomley. <laughs> Bottomley has been infallible up to now because his mind is undisturbed. And what I ask you disturbs a man's mind? <laughs> a woman, naturally. <laughs> Our intelligence reports that there is no such lovely disturbance in Bottomley's life because he's looking for perfection in a woman, too. Well, my friends, I have found such a perfect creature, beautiful and brilliant, studious and, uh, stacked. She's a corn-fed Mata Hari named Flame O'Neill. Excuse me, Chief, but uh, how will she get to him? How will this flame get to burn him up? Ah, uh, Happy, my boy. You'll help us there. You have a date with Bottomley's sister tonight? Well, yes, I'm taking her to a concert. Good. Now, that means that Bottomley will be alone. And according to our latest report, he has a bad cold. <laughs> well, then, gentlemen, here's our battle plan. He lies there alone, racked with pain, I hope. And in walks Florence Nightingale, alias Flame O'Neill. Ah, <laughs> I tell you, it's the shrewdest strategy since Alexander took his cohorts out and led them to victory over his... Yes? Come in. The door is open. Who is it, please? I'm afraid I can't get out of bed. I have a cold. Mr. Bottomley? Oh, oh I, I'm sorry. My sister isn't here. If, you, if you'll come back tomorrow, perhaps. I didn't come to see your sister. I came to see you. I'm a nurse. But I... I didn't order a nurse. I'm a present from the Billings Montana Beauregard Bottomley Fan Club. Really? What a charming, practical present. Of course, the whole country is disturbed about your illness, but in Billings, they really took it to heart. And, well, here I am. My name is Flame O'Neill. Sweet chick! Miss O'Neill... It would be difficult to express my appreciation to you and the fan club, but... Uh, give me your uh, hand. Oh, no, really, there's nothing seriously wrong with me. I... Mm, uh, pulse rather rapid. Oh, it isn't really. It's, it's just And you seem I, so warm. A running a temperature, I suppose. No, 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 no. I, I took it a while ago. Well, don't I... worry. We'll get you cured. Uh, first, I think we'd better straighten your bed. Then you can get to sleep and get some rest. Oh, no, no. I never go to sleep before midnight. But then you don't usually have a cold before midnight, do you? Want to give me that book? No, no, I, I always read myself to sleep. Oh, now, don't be a difficult little boy. We'll just put this book over here and that... Oh, it's Schlesinger's new one. With mine through darkest matter. Interesting, but somewhat violent, don't you think? You... you've read this book? Oh, you're not the only one who reads, Mr. Bottomley. Now, let's turn out the light... No, 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 J just a moment, please. Um, I, uh, I, I take it you don't agree with Schlesinger. 
Well, I share his opinion that mind can influence matter, but I find it difficult to go along with the theory that we may someday be able to move concrete objects like tables and chairs just by sheer force of will. Oh, yes, yes, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And uh, Schlesinger has a tendency to go overboard. However, from the philosophical approach... Now, Mr. You... Bartleby, you're ill, you know. Let's tuck Schlesinger in for the night. There we are. Lights out. And remember, if you need me, don't hesitate to call. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> Pleasant dreams, indeed. No intention of dreaming. No intention of sleeping. If I want to read, I shall read. If you can be stuffed, you know. <laughs> Schlesinger. Mm, she's quite well informed. Attractive, too. Charming. I like her. In fact, uh, oh my goodness, uh, Miss O'Neill, nurse. Yes. Uh, Miss O'Neill, it, it just occurred to me there isn't any place for you to sleep. Oh, I'll be quite comfortable on that couch over there. You, you're going to sleep in here? Naturally. Uh oh. <laughs> Don't let it disturb you. You mustn't think of me as a woman. Think of me as a nurse. Of course, yes, the Schlesinger thought block is... Now, don't you worry about me at all. You won't even know I'm here. Good night, Mr. Bottomley. Good, good night. No, I'm not. You're, you're not asleep? I just told you I wasn't. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Something I said or did, perhaps? <laughs> no, no. No, really, it's nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> oh, but one doesn't laugh at nothing, does one? I, I mean... Uh, does one? I just happened to think of something that struck me funny. <laughs> well, what? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. Forget it, Mr. Bottomley. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> And contrary to the poetic concept, I think there is something as beautiful as a day in June. A day like today, for example. What do you think? Beauregard. Beauregard, you weren't even listening. Uh, I'm afraid I was thinking. Um, Flame, uh, may I ask you a question? Three nights ago, when you entered my life on the wings of mercy, you laughed before you went to sleep. Why? <laughs> oh, I can't tell you that. Hmm. Then at least tell me one thing. Did it concern me? Yes. Hmm. Beauregard, my conscience bothers me. Oh, why? Well, now that your health has been restored, I consider it unethical to stay employed any longer by the Billings, Montana, Beauregard Bottomley Fan Club. Oh, but I still don't feel right, you know, when, when I turn abruptly my back. I'm sorry, said. Beauregard. This is our last day. Last day? Well, yes, as patient and nurse, perhaps, but um, 
Uh, well, ca can't we see each other when we're healthy? But of course. I rather hope we'd see each other from time to time. I would miss terribly the brilliance of your wonderful mind. Isn't there anything else you might miss? Uh, what I mean is, um, uh, I admire your mind too, but it, it doesn't stop there. What do you really mean, Beauregard? Well, um, uh, Flame, uh, I, I find myself quite inarticulate when it comes to this sort of thing, but... Um, yes? Uh, 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 would you have dinner with me at my place tomorrow night? Miss O'Neill, that at this very moment he's expecting you to arrive for dinner? No. He expected me an hour ago. <laughs> he's tried to call me 13 times already. 13. Of course, I haven't answered the phone. Oh, gorgeous, wonderful, how beautifully nasty. <laughs> I won't let him reach me until tomorrow afternoon. My explanation will be vague and uneasy. Yes. He'll be angry. <laughs> I'll cry. He'll beg my forgiveness. And he'll end up puzzled, uncertain, and confused. Oh, of course, of course. All this has happened to me many times. <laughs> it's such a lovely way to become confused. Uh, possibly after this is all over, you and I can become confused together. Uh, oh, pardon me, your phone is... Well, what am I saying? Let it ring. <laughs> Operator, are, are you sure? Well, you're, you're positive you rang the right number? Oh, I see. Thank you. No, 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 not at all. The least she could have done was telephone, or send me a wire, or get in touch with me somehow. Unless, of course, something's happened to her. Maybe I ought to call the police. Uh, well, it's about time. Darling, what's happened? Nothing happened, honey. Mr. Hogan. Beauregard, you're slipping. You just called me mister. Where's Gwen? My sister has gone to see a motion picture, and if I knew which one, I assure you I would not reveal it. That's all right. I'll wait. I'll... Hey, will you look at the banquet table? You wouldn't be expecting a day, would you? Oh, too bad. She stood you up. Hmm. Have you had your dinner? Yeah. Care for another? Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> Flame. Flame, what happened? Beauregard, how nice of you to call. I was just thinking of you. Flame, where have you been? What happened to you? What happened to me? Well, what do you mean? Beauregard, what are you talking about? May I remind you that we had a date for yesterday evening? We did not. We had a date for today. We had a date for yesterday. I remember distinctly. Well, even if I did make a mistake... That's no reason to raise your voice. Why didn't you call me? I was home all evening. I called you 53 times. Maybe I was in the shower. <laughs> the 53 times I called were scattered from 8.10 to 12.15. 
Well, I hope you don't think I was in the shower for four hours. Well, of course not. But you just said so. I did not. Maybe you called the wrong number. That I consider an insult. <laughs> oh, oh, no. P please. Flame. Flame, I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you, darling. Oh, I beg of you. I implore you. Stop crying. Please. Maybe we better not see each other anymore. Our relationship was so beautiful and not one little misunderstanding. Oh, would it... Flame, would it be so easy for you not to see me anymore? It wouldn't be for me, I assure you. You know, it wouldn't be for me either. Oh, then, then, darling, let's not quarrel anymore. I'll see you this evening at the broadcast, won't I? Say you'll go with me. Well, if you'll promise not to be silly anymore. Oh, of course. Oh, darling, you're, you're sweet to forgive me. And please don't cry anymore. I'll pick you up a date. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye, my dear. Call up some games. Let's have a party. <laughs> you know, Caesar, she seemed very reasonable. But how could I have dialed the wrong number 53 times? Hello? Uh, who, who's this? this? Flame? Oh, 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 I'm sorry, darling. Sorry you called me? Oh, I should be hurt. No, 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 it isn't that, my dear. You see, um, I started to call the library. Uh, I was sure I dialed the proper number. And suddenly I find myself talking to... Uh, Flame, I'm most concerned. About what, Beauregard? Myself. Being so confused and uncertain. Flame, there are weaknesses in my structure. I'm disappointed, darling. I'd hope that I was the only one. Oh, my dear, against you, of course, I'm... I confess I am utterly helpless, but... But no... No, once before, I... Another uh, woman? I, quite to the contrary. It was Albert Einstein. Einstein? Yes. I couldn't master his theory of space-time continuum. It, it drove me to the brink of a breakdown. But, of course, you mastered it eventually. Not quite, my dear. <laughs> Not quite. Ah, oh, now everything is so confused. Oh, you I... poor darling. But you'll feel better by tonight. I'll see you at 8 o'clock sharp, remember? Yes, I'll try to, darling. 8 o'clock sharp. The theory of space-time continuum. Hold it, Dr. Einstein. Here we come. <laughs> This is the night, happy boy. This is what I've been waiting for. Tonight, Mr. Beauregard Bottomley will be destroyed, thanks to uh, Albert Einstein, of course. With a little assist from Flame O'Neill. Uh, yes, yes, she told me she has him so delightfully confused. <laughs> She'll have him even more so before he goes on. <laughs> I tell you, this is my night to howl. Ah! Hey, hey, slow down. There's an audience out there. Oh, happy. Oh, Gwen. Excuse me, boss. Hello, darling. Hiya, Beauregard. Oh, oh, hello. Good evening. Isn't anyone going to introduce me? Mm, what? Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Flame, this is, uh, um, 
Mr. Bambridge Waters. Why, Beauregard, this isn't Mr. Waters. This is Happy Hogan. Oh, oh yes. Happy Hogan? How nice. So you're Flame, huh? Any relation to Mr. and Mrs. Blaze from Fire Island? Oh, that's cute. Beauregard, why don't you tell me all those nasty things about Mr. Hogan? I think he's terribly attractive. <laughs> Flame, They used to call me Gorgeous Hogan when I was wrestling. You'll oh. excuse me. Hey, Gwen, Gwen, wait a minute. Beauregard, isn't he beautiful? Miss O'Neill, this is disgraceful. What on earth are you... I can't help myself. It's stronger than me, do you hear me? It's stronger than me. I lied to you, I wasn't home. I had a date with you, but I broke it. I couldn't help myself. Hogan is just like Bill. Bill is like Steve. Steve is like Jim. I can't resist them. I'm spellbound. I'm like putty in their hands. Flame, what has happened? Beauregard, they're ready for you. Hurry, the show is on. What show? Oh, yes, yes, of course, sir. Uh, excuse me, please. Beauregard! And now, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. The wealthiest man in the country on paper. And after this question, who knows? Maybe all you'll have left is the paper. Yes, sir, tonight it's twenty million nine hundred and seventy-one thousand five hundred and twenty dollars or nothing. You ready, Mr. Bottomley? I said, are you ready? Uh, what for? Oh, 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 yeah, yes. Uh, yes, of course, I, I think so. Okay, here it is. How does Einstein regard the space-time continuum? Well? Uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I... Uh, you have five more seconds. Um, now, come on and try it. One, um, two, three... Four. Dr. Einstein imagines the continuum to be cylindrical as regards its extension in time, but spherical as regards its extension in space, so that cross-sections at different instants always give a spherical universe of constant size and so of constant mass. Oh, hey, that's correct. That is absolutely correct. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Uh, thank you, Gwen. I suppose Flame has gone. Yes, she has. I'm sorry, Beauregard. Oh, don't be sorry, my dear. I expected it. <laughs> All right. Just a minute. Uh, good evening. Beauregard, no, you can't come in. That is a statement contrary to fact. I am in. Beauregard, if you'll just give me a chance Now, to... let me see. Oh, yes, it should probably be in the dressing room. Yes. Beauregard, what are you up to? Uh, what are you looking uh, here for? Here we are. Here it is. My hairbrush? What do you want with my... <gasps> Beauregard, let go. No, you can't. You can't, you... Out! That's enough, I think. Uh, sit down. Yes, sir. Oh! Oh, regard, may I stand instead? You may stand. Uh, I I'll take it, my dear. Hello? Uh, Miss O'Neill? Oh, I'm sorry. She's having bottomly trouble. <laughs> now then. 
You love me, don't you, Flame? Of course. And I know it's silly to ask. You know everything, Beauregard, but won't you tell me? How did you know? Oh, simple matter of deduction, my dear. If you hadn't been in love with me, you'd have stayed to witness my expected downfall. Besides, it's obvious you've been crying. I think you're wonderful. And may I confess my admiration for you. To destroy me with such beautiful torture showed real genius. It was really Mr. Waters' idea. Ah, but the execution was exquisite. Uh, thank you, Beauregard. I did the worst I could. You certainly did. I remember the night you arrived. When I laughed in my sleep. Mm, it twisted my mind. It was effective, wasn't it? It was ecstatic agony. Were you also pretending when I kissed you? Why not kiss me again and find out? <laughs> oh, flame, my darling. Sit down. Oh, Beauregard, I... Ouch! Still hurts, hmm? Yes, but it's better you came and spanked me, darling, than never to have come at all. Oh, that... That never occurred to me, my dear. You're a wonderful guy, Beauregard. I'm so ashamed of myself. Oh, you should be, definitely. You know, to be frank, I should be a little ashamed, too. Why? Because I tricked you just as you tricked me. About Einstein? You mean you purposely let me know you were weak on Einstein? <laughs> it just so happens, my dear, I spent an entire season with Einstein in a maze of logarithms. I love you. It's the most dishonest thing I ever heard of. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever forgive you. Oh, ever, my dear? Ever. Well, anyway, to you kiss me again. Why, why, why did this have to happen to me? Mr. Waters, you mustn't let yourself go like that. Bottomley hasn't won it all yet. You still have another week to go. Another week. Another week of misery and despair. All right. I'll go down, but I'll go down in a blaze of glory. Next week's show will be our last. Very well, book the Hollywood Bowl. Thousands and thousands of people. Fanfare, pageantry, our modern twilight of the gods. And then, my dear, like Romeo and Juliet, you and I will die together. <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, in the Hollywood Bowl. Over 30,000 people gathered to watch our last show. And here beside me is the man of the hour, the man of the year, the man of the century, the man who knows everything, Super Brain Bottomley. <laughs> In a moment, I will ask you a question, and that answer will determine whether you are worth $40 million or nothing. However, you still have the right to take a lousy $20 million and go home. Uh, no, thank you. Are you ready? Quite ready. All right. May I have your wallet, please? Uh, my, my wallet? Oh, certainly. Here we are. Thank you. Now, let me see. It ought to be right here in... Uh... Yes, here it is. Now then, here is the question. Beauregard Bottomley, what is your social security number? 
of course. Uh, nothing could be simpler. My social security number is 452 what No, no, wait a minute. Is it 452524? Four, four. No, 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 no. It's, it's 245- then comes 17. Yeah, yes, that's it. 245-17-6012. Would you mind repeating the number, please? 245-17-6012. Thank you. That is absolutely wrong. What are you, Beauregard? Are you a monster? One hour ago, you lost $40 million. Your love left in a hurry, and yet you just sit there and read. My dear Gwen, I consider it one of the greatest virtues to take defeat with dignity. You are a monster. <laughs> Is it possible your agitation derives from another cause? Such as what? Uh, perhaps your dreamboat doesn't dare the seas of matrimony now that his intended wife's family is broke. Beauregard, that's the meanest thing I ever... Hi, everybody. Ready, Gwen? Stop the music! Stop the music! That's okay with me, just so you let those wedding bells ring. You mean you're being married anyway? Not anyway. By a justice of the peace. I, uh, I told you, Beauregard, just because your flame died out. Uh, come in. Beauregard, aren't you ready yet? Flame. Hurry, or we'll never have breakfast in Las Vegas. Flame, oh, darling. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Ah! Listen to him. It sounds just like Christmas. It is Christmas, and here comes Santa Claus now. Hello, everybody. Why, it's Mr. Walters. Now, will somebody please tell me where I can put these bottles in this ice bucket? Holy Toledo, he brought champagne. Yes, champagne for Caesar. The beginning of a lifelong supply. Um, that was one of the conditions Mr. Waters had to accept before I agreed to answer the last question wrong. You agreed to answer it wrong? Why? <laughs> well, for one thing, Gwen, I wanted neither of us ever to have any doubts. Darling, what else did you touch him for? Oh, a little money, some stock, and I will now have my own television show, Match Wits with Beauregard. Um, sponsored, of course, by Milady Soap. And do you know what the most amazing thing is? I could not have answered that last question correctly. I did not know my social security number. Oh. Well, if I could only think of something very horrible and very legal. Champagne! Champagne! That's right. Champagne for Caesar. Champagne for everyone all around. Ladies, gentlemen, I give you a toast. Nunc est bibendum, meaning... Let's get quietly loaded, shall we? You've been listening to Ronald Coleman, Barbara Britton, Art Linkletter, Vincent Price, and Audrey Totter in a riotous radio premiere of their great hit picture, Champagne for Caesar. And apparently their champagne party didn't last very long, because here are all of them back at the microphone again. Come on up Ladies here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for all of us, and say again that it's a privilege to appear with the Screen Guild players, because the greatest cause in our industry 
The Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house and hospital is supported largely by this radio show. Ronnie, that's a very nice sentiment. But whom does your radio show support? Uh, me. <laughs> Ronnie, tell me something, will you? Yes, of course, Audrey. You got so used to drinking champagne in the picture, do you also drink champagne in the halls of Ivy? My dear, have you forgotten? We have a sponsor. <laughs> My turn now, Ronnie. Yes, Barbara. Well, you're supposed to know everything. What's the Screen Guild player show for next week? <laughs> Stranger, it's a very odd coincidence. But that's the one thing I don't know anything about. Well, shucks, Ronnie, even I know that. Oh, now, do tell. I mean, do tell us about it, Vince. Well, next week's play is a very exciting and realistic study. The story of a gambler who risks his whole life on one roll of the dice. Believe me, it's a story you'll never forget. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's great box office hit, Any Number Can Play. Starring Alexis Smith and Academy Award winner, Broderick Crawford. Don't miss it for love or money. I won't. Good night, everybody. Tonight's Screen Guild Players presentation was under the direction of Bill Lawrence. The adaptation was by Harry Cronman. Music was under the direction of Basil Adlin. Champagne for Caesar was presented through the courtesy of Harry M. Popkin, producer of The Second Woman, starring Robert Young and Betsy Drake. Ronald Coleman appeared through the courtesy of the Schlitz Brewing Company. Audrey Totter can soon be seen in the Universal International production, Under the Gun. Vincent Price's next release is the RKO radio picture, His Kind of Woman. Barbara Britton will next be seen starring in The Bandit Queen, a Lippert production. Art Linkletter can be seen each week starring on his new television show each Friday night at 7.30 over ABC Channel 7. And don't forget next week the exciting and dramatic story of a man who gambles his life to save his son. Yes, it's Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's great box office hit, Any Number Can Play, starring Broderick Crawford and Alexis Smith. Don't miss it. This is Ronald Coleman inviting you to stay tuned for the original Amateur Hour with Ted Mack, the man who gives so many youngsters their start to stardom. It will follow immediately over many of these same stations. Transcribe, this is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. AECA, AM and FM, Los Angeles.